0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. I am your host, Mike Graber, and the name of our company is Compass Retirement Advisors. Uh, If you have any concerns or questions about your retirement, especially after you hear uh, the show that we have for you today, please call me at 812-787-0809. That's my direct line. If I uh, don't answer, please leave me a message and I'll call you back just as soon as I can. Uh, Today, we're going to be airing my recent conversation with Maya McGinnis. Maya is the president of of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. And the website is crfb.org. And uh, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget was founded in 1981. It is a nonpartisan public policy organization that is based in Washington, D.C., and their work addresses federal budget and fiscal issues. And that includes you know, the national debt and the deficit, and uh, that leads to the unfunded liabilities that we talk a great deal about here on uh, our show, Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Well, um, if you've listened to our show at all over uh, these last several months, you know we believe the, the current financial course our country is on is not sustainable. And unless both political parties come to grips with their uh, spending patterns, The retirement income plans for all Americans is going to be impacted uh, because of it. Uh, I'm sitting here with usdebtclock.org up and running on my uh, computer monitor. And as I'm speaking here, and and today is uh, October the 26th, uh, it shows U.S. national debt of $28,922,166,000,000. Debt per citizen at $86,000. Debt per taxpayer at $229,000. Um, you know, There's just all kinds of information on this website that I would encourage you to take a few minutes and, and go and look at if you've not uh, found yourself doing that before, but it's usdebtclock.org. On the unfunded liability side, we're at $158 trillion dollars and change. That's a liability of $474,000 per citizen. Of that, Medicare's liability is uh, $33,434,000,000 on the Social Security side. The liability there is $21,528,000,000, and and that's all growing by the second. But uh, I want to welcome in uh, my co-host, Tony Shore. Uh, Tony, uh, I believe we've got uh, probably one of the, the best programs lined up for our listeners uh, since we uh, uh, brought Retirement Talk uh, with Mike Graber to uh, southwestern Indiana. So thanks for, for being with us here today, Tony.
0: Well, sure. And I, I can't wait to uh, listen to this interview with Maya uh, Maya McGinnis. I, I just think that um, it's so important, and every week you read uh, those debt clock numbers uh, about U.S. debt and unfunded liabilities, and it's uh, it's scary, and and we're not doing it to scare people, but I think people need to be shaken awake about this issue. I mean, uh, we need to shake things up, and that's what Maya's trying to do in Washington to to activate some change there. And uh, I just I, and I think you're going to get that from this interview uh, because it's a good one. Uh, But Mike, uh, I'll let you go ahead and uh, introduce Maya and we can get right to the interview.
1: Well, happy to do that. Again, uh, Maya McGinnis uh, is with the committee for a responsible federal budget. She is the president. Uh, The committee uh, is in Washington, D.C. They are talking on a daily and weekly basis with the most powerful people in our country. The committee is nonpartisan. There are members. Uh, who have served in various uh, positions throughout government, both Republican and Democrat, that that serve on on this team. And we're just really, really happy uh, that Maya uh, took some time uh, to share uh, her knowledge and wisdom with us here on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. So uh, let's listen to uh, the interview. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, here's my interview with Maya McGinnis from the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget. Maya, welcome uh, to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. We're so happy to to have you uh, with us today. Thanks uh, for giving us some of your time.
2: Sure. Happy to be with you.
1: Great. Thanks. Um, I'd like to begin by maybe having you give our listeners uh, an overview uh, of the purpose and the work that's done at the uh, Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget.
2: Sure. So the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, it's a group that's been around for decades. I run it for two decades. Uh, It's bipartisan. So the work we do is not at all about one political party or the other. And we have a board of directors that's made up of people who have run the Federal Reserve Board, the Treasury Department, the budget committees, the Congressional Budget Office. So the key being they understand how things get done in Washington, and we work in a way where we try to improve policymaking. And our key mission is how do we encourage lawmakers and educate the public about the need for policies that are fiscally responsible? And by that, I mean policies that don't rely on borrowing, particularly just for political reasons. Sometimes there is a reason to borrow for economic reasons. Usually it makes more sense to pay for things. And we try to push lawmakers to put in place sound economic policies that don't rely on deficit financing just because they're plain old unwilling to pay the bills.
1: Well, that uh, would would lead to the question. In in light of uh, the the many years of spending as it uh, has gone, you know, with debt and deficit and unfunded liability numbers, kind of uh, where they where they are today, with you know the national debt nearing a uh, twenty nine trillion and unfunded liability estimates ranging from depending on who you you ask, one hundred twenty three to one hundred fifty eight trillion. How did we get to the place that we are today, Maya?
2: Yeah. So it used to be that we tended to pay for the things the government did, except with big exceptions during times of economic recession and war. And that's what makes sense, frankly, to borrow during those kinds of emergencies. Or as a more recent example, it makes sense to borrow for the covid emergency that we just went through because our economy was tanking. Um, But what has changed in in recent decades is that now politicians tend to borrow in good times and in bad. So for the three years before we were hit with COVID, Congress passed through tax cuts and spending increases almost $5 trillion in new borrowing. That is an incredibly large amount of money when your economy is really strong. Right now, we're considering a new agenda, which while the president has said he wants it fully paid for, there's real risks that it's going to add possibly trillions more in borrowing when everything is finally said and done. So what's really happened, and I think a lot of this goes to the fact that the two political parties are so unable to work together these days, um, is that politicians make arguments that their policy is so important and so necessary, and maybe it's also magic and will pay for itself, that they like to put out their wish list of tax cuts and spending increases with no plan to pay for it and make up reasons why we shouldn't be bothered about that lack of payment. And that is how we have a debt that is so incredibly large, the largest it's ever been as a share of our economy, other than just after World War II. And if we go on the path that we're on right now, it will actually eclipse that record from right after World War II in the not too distant future.
1: Yeah, I, I just saw in the last day or so that uh, the deficit for uh, last year came in at about $2.8 trillion, and that comes yeah. on the heels of the prior year, which was around 3.1 trillion, you know, in a, in a deficit. And I can understand, you know, spending in, in, as you said, in the times of war and and national emergency, and and obviously we needed some help fiscally on, on COVID. But um, in, in terms of just how big uh, this debt issue uh, has become, I know that a, a lot of our work and clients that we talk to are concerned that at some point, you know, the government, uh, is going to maybe get a wake-up call or something's going to happen and they're going to be forced to address, um, you know, some of, of these debt levels that have been um, accumulated over over these years. And it seems like that the um, trajectory uh, of, of this debt is, is starting to go up uh, quite rapidly. And as you said, you know, possibly, the, you know, the additional money that's uh, being discussed in in Congress right now, uh, being added. And uh, it is a concern for those who are uh, maybe already retired, those who uh, are contemplating retirement and how the adjustments that the government may need to make uh, in their spending and perhaps even to certain uh, programs is going to uh, impact the retirement. So we do feel that uh, it's something that we, we have to be concerned about and the longer that it's left unaddressed, I know most people would say the worse it gets, but in, in your view and in the community's uh, view, Maya, really, you know, other than being at all time highs and in, in that area, how serious, uh, how alarmed should we be with debt levels uh, where they are? And what kind of problems does that cause for uh, our national economy?
2: Yeah. so. Debt levels at the near record level that they currently are um, is something that everybody should be incredibly worried about. They're not because it's very difficult to see how this affects all of our individual's lives, but it does because it is the underpinning of our economic well-being. And that affects households, that affects our national economy, and frankly, that affects our national security. So, First off, high levels of debt have negative effects on the overall economy. If your debt is too high, and by pretty much any standard of uh, historical context to where we've been in the past, ours is, it weakens your economic growth. That translates into a smaller economic pie, lower wages, fewer jobs, and ultimately a lower standard of living. Frankly, our standard of living today is lower than it would have been if we hadn't borrowed so much in decades past. Second thing that it does is it creates interest payments, which are higher than they otherwise would have been. And interest is one of the areas of the federal budget, no matter what your preference is for how we spend money, that paying uh, $300 billion a year on interest payments, which is what we spend right now, that is a lot of money that could be better spent somewhere else. And frankly, we spend about $1,000 per person, every man, woman, and child in the country pays a thousand dollars a year to cover the cost of our interest payments. But if interest rates go up one tiny bit, that will be even more. And the more we're borrowing, the more likely it is that interest rates will go up. So we're very vulnerable to those interest payments. Another issue is you want us to be prepared for future emergencies, like we were able to borrow for COVID and wars in the past. The more we borrow today, the less able we are to be prepared for those emergencies. So that leaves us really vulnerable. And then finally, keep in mind, we borrow a lot of this money from overseas. And many of the countries we borrow from, we, we are not politically aligned with, right? China owns over a trillion dollars in, in US treasuries. They can dump those on the market. They can decide they don't want to lend to the US. That means they have a profound uh, amount of power over our internal economic conditions. So it leaves us weak economically. It leaves our budget weak. It leaves us unprepared for emergencies. And it leaves us dependent on borrowing from countries abroad. Like in Japan, they borrow from just domestically. They borrow from their banks and from their citizens. We depend on other countries to lend to us. There is no guarantee that that continues. And all of those different factors mean we are very, very vulnerable, which is not the way you want to lead your country.
1: Well, I heard some years ago, uh, one of my uh, good friends who's a history professor talked about how he saw future wars being more, you know, economic uh, as opposed to always, you know, thinking, well, military is the first thing. And I know uh, Janet Yellen, a name that many are familiar with, uh, was quoted in an article uh, saying that Americans, uh, this level of debt should be, you know, keeping us uh, awake at night, that that she deemed it to be that serious. But, but let me ask you this question, Maya. You mentioned uh, China Uh, as a holder of uh, a significant amount of our debt, and that they could dump that into the market. If China were to dump a good portion of that on the market, what would we see here uh, as as Americans if they chose to go that route?
2: So that likely leads to a spike in interest rates. Interest rates have been very low, which have allowed our economy to grow and us not to be in much trouble with despite all this borrowing. If they were to go up suddenly, Just one percentage increase in interest rates would almost double the amount of interest payments that we're paying from that $1,000 per person to almost $2,000 per person per year. And that spike in interest rates means if you want to borrow to buy a house or a car or start a business, it's going to be that much more costly and that much less likely that you come out ahead. Basically, if something like that happens when your economy is struggling, it puts you into a recession. So it is, I agree with whoever was saying that that many of these wars will be fought on the economic battlefield. I agree that that is what the problem is. And I think in the past, people have warned that the way the great nations get themselves into trouble is by borrowing excessively. And that's exactly what the United States is doing right now. And it's as though we're kind of moving ahead with our eyes closed to all the risks that this creates.
1: Yeah, I know uh, here in in the part of the country that we're in, sometimes it's referred to as the Bible belt. And there's scripture that talks about how, you know, the the borrower, you know, is a slave to the lender. And I can really see how we can get ourselves, you know, tied up, uh, maybe not doing what is in our country's best interest because we're concerned that China or someone else uh, may want to call the shots a little bit when it comes to uh, some of our debt. Uh, where where does the committee see you know interest rates uh, you know here on the short term and and maybe over the course of the next couple of years with what we know now what do we think maybe uh, is going to happen to interest rates?
2: Yeah, we don't do predicting on our own. We rely on the Congressional Budget Office. But the risk clearly is that interest rates will go up. And the point is that if they do go up, it will have negative effects on our economy and our economic well-being. So we don't pretend like if I knew where interest rates were headed and when, I would be a better investor than I am. But the risk is, particularly with all this borrowing and the fact that they've been held down low by actions of the Fed and the central banks around the world, the risk is that those interest rates, when they go up, can have very negative effects on the budget overall.
1: Okay. Um let me ask a question, Maya. Um, with our dependency on, um, you know, the foreign governments and um, this potential, you know, economic type wars that that, that could be out there, uh, there's been, you know, some talk uh, in in the media and in financial publications about the uh, the dollar being, you know, the world reserve currency, and that if things uh, got too bad that maybe we would lose that uh, position uh, as the dollar being uh, recognized as that world reserve currency. What what are your uh, sentiments on that? What do you uh, have as an opinion of, of that possibility?
2: No question, that's a risk. That's, we have been very lucky to have the reserve currency. It's afforded us many luxuries, and it's as though we're trying to squander that advantage. Um, And the way that if we continue to borrow the amount that we are and other countries don't trust us politically or economically to be as stable as they want for the reserve currency, there's no doubt there are many other countries right now who would love to replace us or at least create a competitive alternative. And you're seeing that all over the place with lots of countries preparing to give the U.S. a run for their money in terms of providing that safe haven, that reserve currency.
1: Okay, and uh, with Uh, we we mentioned just a little bit ago, you know, if China dumped everything, we'd see a spike in, you know, interest rates. If we lost our position in the world uh, as being the reserve currency, what type of uh, changes would we see here in in the United States?
2: Well, that again, pushes up interest rates massively. This is all, uh, comes back to what the fundamentals of your economy are. And if your interest rates get pushed up by any of these things, tightens your economy in so many ways. But it would mean that we would have to fight for borrowing in a way that we don't right now, particularly during economic downturns, when you have to compete to borrow money, that means your interest rates go up. And the real key is that if you're in a recession and your interest rates are going up, that makes your recession worse. And so as in the 2008-2009 crisis, which arguably the U.S. was responsible for in some ways we exported it around the world, we still had to, we were able to borrow very cheaply. Because every country wanted to park their money in the US dollar. If that weren't the case, that recession would have been so much more painful and it was already quite bad as it was. That's true in every case for every recession. So normally, other countries have to go through a lot more hardship to kind of right their fiscal situation, especially if they do it when their economy is already weak and the US has avoided that. I think. That may be why some people don't worry about this issue so much, because of the incredible advantage we've had from being the reserve currency. They kind of think it's always that easy, and uh, that is not guaranteed at all.
0: Well, uh, great to have you, Maya, on the show, and uh, Michael. Just a great interview, Mike. I thought you did a great job, and it was great to hear from Maya. Uh, fantastic work that she's doing there in D.C. And I'm glad she made us aware. I wasn't aware of. Uh, the uh, really, even with you reading the numbers each week, uh, it's a serious situation, isn't it?
1: It is, Tony. You know the magnitude uh, and the consequences of our country getting into this uh, level of debt. Uh, I think Maya uh, brought it uh, as close to, to home uh, the potential consequences. You know, she talked about the potential issues with China, the, the reserve currency position. Um, And, you know, some of the philosophy that's taken over with, um, you know, modern modern monetary theory, we can just keep printing and nothing happens, you know, and obviously that's never worked and it's it's not going to work here either. Um, But uh, very, very knowledgeable, uh, very uh, in tune with reality. Um, And so we are just very fortunate to have someone of her caliber uh, appear on our show. And again, I want to thank Maya McGinnis and uh, her entire team for uh, tackling and, and taking on this issue. And I do encourage our listeners uh, to get involved. Go to the website, crfb.org, and uh, become familiar with uh, the information. You'll go to the usdebtclock.org uh, website and look there. And if you go to a page or two behind uh, the, the front page, there's also information there uh, from. Uh, the Office of Management Budget and the commission, uh, Congressional Budget Office. So uh, we're trying to put the resources out there so that uh, we here in southwestern Indiana can be uh, attuned of of what's happening. And then the big question is, you know, are we prepared as individuals to um, uh, handle what's coming down the road? You know, Maya put some things on the table that are potential outcomes, and if those happen. Uh, it's going to affect all of our uh, retirement income plans. It's going to affect the markets. It's going to affect uh, the equity markets, the interest rate markets. It's going to affect taxes. It's going to affect government policy. And we need to take the time today to begin evaluating our uh, current positions, our current plans, and make sure that we have uh, things in place uh, to protect our assets from higher taxes, protect our assets from market uh, declines potentially, and uh, just be wise and, and make good decisions. But please, uh, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, as Maya says in the, the interview, and, and you may not catch it until part two of the interview, uh, but she says, we don't know uh, when uh, the consequences for uh, mismanagement of our tax dollars over the years might uh, might be facing us. Hopefully, our politicians will come to their senses and uh, adopt some policies that correct the these issues and uh, uh, we don't have to endure um, the pains of, of corrections and, and changes. But if they don't, let's be prepared and it's better to be prepared than to uh, uh, go through experiences that we could have avoided. So please give us a call at Compass Retirement Advisors That's my direct line. And until next week, we will have uh, part two of our interview with Maya. Join us again then. But uh, in the meantime, don't uh, uh, let questions linger. Give us a call. Uh, We look forward to, to hearing from you. But please join us again next week for the second part of our interview with Maya McGinnis from the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget.
0: Thanks for being with us today. This is not a paid interview and does not constitute an endorsement or sponsorship of any political party. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Mike Graber or Change Path LLC. Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at CompassRetirementAdvisorsLLC.com. Investment advisory services provided by ChangePath LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop, Inc., and ChangePath LLC are unaffiliated and.